One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to Following On County Cricketer. I'm John Norman, TalkSports Cricket Editor, alongside Nick Friend from The Cricketer Magazine and two-time County Championship winner Steve Harmson. Every single week we look back and forward at all the action in the County Championship uh, and there's plenty to get our teeth stuck into this week again with some brilliant individual efforts as well as some great backs-to-the-wall team performances as well. We're going to go across Division 1, Division 2. We're going to hear your questions and we'd like you to get involved as well. So drop us a line on Twitter, cricket underscore TS or via the Cricketer Mag or Harmy or just leave a little question below um, at the YouTube show if that's how you are viewing us. If you're listening, of course, on podcast, it's the following on County Cricketer and on TalkSport 2, it is the only dedicated uh, radio show that concentrates solely on county championship cricket. Right, plenty to talk about this week, so let's get underway. So, Harvey, Nick, no George this week. He's having his uh, birthday celebrations overseas. Happy birthday, Tim. Uh, First things first, you were at Durham. The last uh, few days, Harmy, not to watch county cricket, but to uh, chat to your old mate and the uh, the New England Test captain for the men's team, Ben Stokes. How did that go? Yeah, it went well. Um, I think ECB have had a good couple of days off the field, and it's not it's not been said for a while, to be honest. Um, I thought Rob Key spoke brilliantly. I'm biased here because they're really two two people who are really close to me, and I think the world of. I thought Rob Key spoke brilliantly in his press conference with. You know, the journalist and managing director's job. Old Ben Stokes was brilliant yesterday. I really did. He was so refreshing. He was so relaxed. And it's easy. It, it's easy to say what he's saying because he, he hasn't had a game yet. Um, we all we all say this before the very, very first week. You know, every county dressing room thinks they're going to win the league. Every county dressing room thinks they're going to have a T20 finals day. That heavyweight boxer going and then gets popped on the nose in the ring. Bang. Over you go. So Ben Stokes has said the right thing. Um, he looked in good order, but unfortunately, when the 2nd of June comes, it's about who he picks, how he goes about his job, and that's what he'd be judged by. And he, he more or less said that. He said that he'd be judged on what had you know, happened. I can see he says he looks as though he's probably going to bat six, which I think is a good move. 
ruled out Joe Root as vice captain, who would be, people would say, be an obvious choice because he's the only other name on the team sheet that's guaranteed playing. But I think all in all, I think Ben Stokes has had a good day yesterday We're in front of the journalists and I think he'll do a fantastic job as England captain. Brilliant stuff. Uh, well, let's just hear a little bit of that, actually. Ben Stokes having a little chat with uh, our very own Steve Harmison. I don't think yeah, that's a job that is an easy thing to, to ever turn down to anybody. Um, obviously, you've got to put some thought into it because it's not just a, yeah, all right, I'll have it to go. You know, there's a lot of things to consider, but no, there was no hesitation. And how will the England side look? I don't know how close you are to Joe. How will the England side look under Ben Stokes? I think, you know, the one thing that I've always wanted in, you know, teammates and people who I play with is, is selflessness and always making sure that at the top of everyone's mind is what can what can I do, what can we do to to mm. win this game. Having that message sort of at the top of everyone's mind is, is a very good place to start. And you took a time away from the game. Me, I know that more than anybody, what it's like to be, um, to struggle mentally. Um, it's not like a broken leg. It's not like a busted knee. It, it's not an easy fix. Uh, how are you going to manage that? You know, obviously, what you don't want to do is, is you know, almost make mental health like a stigma uh, or anything like that. And, you know, I chose to take time out of the game because I needed to at that time. And, you know, I've, um, you know, I now speak to people and I will continue to speak to people. But for me, having gone through quite a lot of experiences, you know, in my cricket career on the field, off the field, um, I see that as a very powerful thing well powerful thing for me to have experienced because I have an understanding of what on the field things can sometimes do to people what off the field things can do to people because I'm hope that if anybody else whilst I'm in charge feels like something might be getting a little bit too tough for them or on top of them that they can come to me because I've been there so I don't see it as you know, as some people might write it, as a negative thing. You know, if anything, I see it as a as a positive thing that me being captain, having gone what I've gone through over the last couple of years, you know, can hopefully help not just young players, but, you know, older players as well if they feel like they've gone through a tough time. So that was uh, Steve Harmison at the Riverside alongside uh, the new Men's England Test Captain, Ben Stokes. Uh, Nick, from a county perspective, you see a lot of cricketers, don't you? They're seen as England first and county very much second or maybe England first, second and third, and then county fourth. But, you know, how, how do you see Ben Stokes, the county cricketer, as opposed to Ben Stokes, the international or uh, IPL player? I mean, they've not seen a huge amount of them, have they, in recent times? Certainly in white ball cricket, I think I'm right saying. But uh, there was, there, I think there's something quite nice about you know, unveiling Ben Stokes, the Durham player at, Riverside, at the Riverside, rather than some sort of sanitised, you know, Lord's reception uh, yeah, on the other side of the country, I think it's I think it's important, and probably especially important, given obviously Durham's situation with with Test cricket at the moment. And I don't I, mean, I, I think Joe Root was on Velvet Enemy, so I'm not sure it's a one-off thing. But um, but no, I like that, and you know, we, I think we've seen how proud Ben Stokes is of playing for Durham numerous times. You know, he he by his own admission came back early last year, didn't he? Probably to his own to his own detriment, but to play for Durham, and obviously went off and played for England. And skipping those ODIs, but it was probably too early for me once again. So I think we, I think no one is going to be surprised by the Ben Stokes England are getting as captain. I think it'll just be this Ben Stokes they've they've had before, won't it? Someone who sort of throws their 
I mean, heart and soul to everything he's done for, for Durham, for, for England, for for everyone he's played for, really. So I think he's someone who's... I think what came out of that ODI series that he skipped last year was the respect that a lot of these guys who'd not played for England before had for him, but also the way that he dealt with a lot of young England cricketers and these sort of young players coming to international game for the first time. So I think, purely on that level, I think it is a guy with a lot of respect for, you know, I guess for everyone who's on the circuit, um, you know, he's been part of very successful Durham sides, perhaps unfashionable Durham sides, if that, for want of a better word, guys in that team in 2013 that won the title that, you know, haven't necessarily been England cricketers, someone like Chris Rushworth, but, you know, who's been a brilliant counter cricketer for, for a decade more. So I'd like to think that all that stuff adds up into someone that I think the guys on the circuit are just extremely fond of. And, and I, I guess how can you not I mean, I've not been impressional cricketer, <laughs> but I, I'd like to think that everyone that has been, you know, would look at someone of Ben Stokes' character and achievements and some of the sort of superhero things he's done on the field and off the field as well, and sort of, I guess, just have an enormous, more, almost more than respect, sort of an, an enormous sort of awe, yeah, admiration for for the guy. I think I think that John can work against if the person. It'll sound like I'm going to have a go at KP here, but. If you look at somebody like Kevin, when Kevin was captain, you've got this enormous figure, enormous ego, fantastic player, the best player for me that played for England. If it's not open-hearted, from Kevin's point of view, being welcoming towards everybody, then it can be a detriment because whoever walks into that England dressing room is going to see Ben Stokes with this, this huge pedestal that he's on because not only is he England captain, but England's best player. It's a bit like Joe Root. And this is where Joe and Ben are brilliant because no matter who comes into that dressing room, they feel at ease. They're talking to, they're talking to the person and not, not the sort of the character of the cricket character. They're talking to the human element of the person in, in, in charge. And I think what Nick was mentioning now, when Ben went to lead the, the ODI side last year, the noises that I got from the people that were in it who hadn't played a lot of international cricket or been involved in international setup was the, the way Ben Stokes looked after everybody. He was like, well, the person Ben Stokes rather than the, you know, the, the character. The character went on the field, but the person was in the dressing room, the person was in the meeting, the person was in the hotel, and there was a warmth to the person. And I think that's what Ben will be good at. I'm not saying Kevin wasn't great at that, I just think Kevin's natural personality didn't warm to, to other people. He he was driven to how he developed the team, driven how to make the best person he could be. And then everybody else was left to fend on themselves. Where Ben was the other way and Joe was the other way and made sure that you know the, the human element came out, made the the players in the group comfortable with in the surroundings they were in, comfortable they could talk to this global superstar when it comes to the cricket front. And I think that's what's the difference between Ben as a captain now, you know, than than some of the others that egos of or big egos that potentially have had it. Ben Stokes isn't the top line, nor's Rob Keyes, nor's Kevin Peterson. It's time to find out what that is. The top line. Okay, guys, the top line. I'm gonna give you mine first, because of course the county championships are taking place at the same time as the IPL and the kind of like Feeling is all the best players are playing in the IPL and, you know, nobody's playing in... It's just Darren Stevens. Darren Stevens just gets cussed every single time the county championship is criticised, which is ridiculous. But essentially it's not true as well. Not just about Darren Stevens, but the best English players 
Many of them are playing the county championship. And of course, for reasons that we all know well enough, the best Pakistani players as well. And some pretty good Australians as well. Uh, Pakistan, I thought, have been perfection this week. So that's my top line. Oz, awesome Aussies and Pakistan perfection. We could talk about some of the more the moments uh, moving on. But I think, Harmi, you agree. Your top line is something similar. Mine's a beautiful game. Why we love the game. And there was a, there was a picture of... Bajara and Rizwan batting together, playing together. Even Rizwan was bowling, um, and there'll be a few people. Well, a few people will criticise county cricket for Mohammed Rizwan, one of the best wheelkeepers in world international cricket, bowling. Took an unbelievable catch. But the picture for me was with the you know, the hundred partnership between Pajara and Rizwan, two guys playing for nations who can't play each other unless they play in international world competitions, ICC events. Two guys playing in the same dressing room, sharing stories. That for me is why we love the game. I, I thought that was a brilliant picture for the world for the world game to say, look, countries might be arguing with each other, countries might be yeah, at loggerheads with each other. But individuals, we've got so much so much respect for the game that we play the game properly, we're playing the game nicely, we play the game the best we possibly can. And t- players from in, uh, India and Pakistan can play on the same side. And what about you, Nick? Top line from uh, the last week of the county championship. I, I just liked how many sort of uh, let's go gutsy draws. Let's say a lot of teams that looked a long way behind their games going to the final day, but then one way or another, and it really was one way or another, sort of came out with a draw. So whether it was Adam Weeter batting for nearly two hundred balls for Essex, whether it was Gloucester conceding six hundred, then ending four hundred forty for two, whether it was Grant Stewart hitting a runner ball ninety. Whether it was Durham, it was sort of similar to Gloss and Alex Lees and Sean Dixman out there and put on 300 for the first wicket. I guess it says something about the wickets and how little they broke up, or how you know, how, like, or the other side of that is how you know how good for Bass they remain. But um, but yeah, that there were very few games that were. I mean, Warwick were soundly beaten at Somerset, weren't they? And Middlesex beat Leicester within three days, but that was very much on Leicester's first innings more than anything else. I mean, but there was nothing. Yeah, there were mostly just games that sort of went down to the wire, weren't they? Went down to the final day. I think we were. The weather killed a couple of really good-looking finishes at mm. Headingley and Stigian's yeah, Bowl. Yeah, Lancashire. Um, uh, Hampshire, Lancashire would look like it could be an absolute classic. Yeah. But, um, the Derbyshire-Leicester game. Derbyshire-Leicester game was unbelievable. Yeah, and well, that was that was what... I mean, they, it was only in the last over, wasn't it, when, when James Harris decided that they were going to settle on a draw. That was a, a great game. It was sort of a different kind of draw, wasn't it? They were chasing 350-odd overs and Sam Northeast and Miles Labuschagne 80-odd each and... A lot of draws, but I, but I think slightly more interesting draws in place than perhaps we had last week when there was there were a few games that you could. I thought it was a great irony to to Surrey playing out this very high scoring, quite tedious draw somewhere at, at a ground that wasn't the Oval. Because <laughs> there's a lot of you know. I think if you looked at that scoreline in isolation, a lot of people would roll their eyes, go, "Here we go, another Oval pitch." Whereas actually, it was it was Bristol, which um, yeah, which which perhaps might surprise some people. But um, but no, that was. But fair play, once again, I guess fair play to all those sides that were that far behind those games and in a fair, in a fair few cases sort of saved them quite comfortably. Brilliant stuff. OK, so the top lines were gutsy draws, awesome Aussies and Pakistani perfection and uh, the beautiful game. So let's uh, look at some of the more individual moments uh, of success. Top three moments of the week. Moments of the week. Okay, well, I may mention of the Pakistanis um, who are playing in the county championship. I've listed seven um, that starred 
These are just the guys that did well. There's some injured guys and some guys that didn't play or uh, didn't do so well. But Mohamed Abbas rocked up with another three for Hassan Ali. Um, another five for Harris Ralph. He took a five for as well, but uh, I think he picked up... He's hurt himself, hasn't he? Yeah, he's missing this week. Yeah. Big story, Mohamed Amir back playing first-class cricket and uh, seeing catches go down. <laughs> so not, I mean, not sure he's one of the ones he started. <laughs> Wicketless in 603 all out. <laughs> first, well, it was his first first-class game for three years. He, he won't be queuing up for another one. <laughs> well, Jamie Smith was dropped on 48. He went on to score 234. So that, that, that just summed up Mohamed Amir. Uh, Shan Massoud scored, he registered his lowest returns in a first-class game this season. 102 from two innings, uh, so his average has gone down. Mohamed Rizwan, you may mention, Harmi, batting alongside Pujara. That was his first score of note, but bold and took a blinder. He hit 79. And Nick, we were both at Lords, weren't we? Rob Kitt, I was out the back. You were all there talking to Rob Kitt, I was watching some cricket in the front. (laughs) And all I could hear... Was these kids going absolutely crazy, yeah. and I'm out the I'm out by the nursery ground waiting for Rob Kitt, and I'm hearing screaming and cheering and all sorts going on. I'm thinking that sounds like a lot of kids. Mm. Anyway, t- went was. up to the media. <laughs> it was a lot of kids, two thousand children screaming as uh, Shaheen Afridi is on a hat trick at Lords. It was uh, but, it was absolutely brilliant. But you know what was quite nice about that actually because. It was two thousand. It was two thousand kids from fifty-five primary schools across seventeen London boroughs, I think. And but what was actually quite nice about about the screaming and the cheering was that it didn't have to be Shaheen because it was it was sort of two thousand you know uninitiated kids at county cricket, and you know when it was you know they were chanting Ethan Bamber's name because like, he was down at five <laughs> leg with them like Nathan Sal you know, they were all queuing up for Nathan Sal's autograph. I, how many of them knew of Shaheen Afridi? All were cheering because it was Shaheen Afridi. I, I genuinely don't think that was... It was a great coincidence. And I thought Minnesota missed the trick by not having Shaheen down at fine leg actually at that end, just to stand there and meet them all. But um, but yeah, I thought what was really... What was quite lovely actually was that it was completely sort of indiscriminate. You know, you, they could have brought Sam Robson on to bowl his leg spin and they'd have yeah. and they'd have built him up like, like he was Shaheen Afridi. So, but it was great. It was an initiative that Middlesex run every year, I think. They've got another one with secondary schools that I've just seen them advertising in the last few days trying to get schools to, to come down um, and I don't think they were just watching I mean there'd be, you know, there'd be a fair few people who'd say that sounds more like a punishment than a school trip but it wasn't just watching the cricket I think they got I think they met the players did some activities on the nursery ground but it was cool it was it was very loud it was very very loud but um, I think it caused some problems for the live stream apparently because the, cause the effects mic was I mean you guys will know more about this than me but the, the effects mic was um, was being hammered by 2,000 <laughs> kids in the round stand but no it was um it was a really cool thing and, and I think quite strange for a lot of the players because you know you don't get um, you know for some of those guys who, who don't play blast cricket let's say that, that you know, that's probably the biggest crowd, the biggest crowd you play in front of that's not being facetious or dumbing down county cricket that's just the way it is you have 2,000 people packed up a stand chanting your name which I don't think happens every day at, at Lords or Grace Road or wherever you play do you not think do you not think that's what that's what the ECB can oh it should happen a lot more yeah, I mean, do better, it's right? a funny one it, it, it should happen a lot more. I guess they can't be there for every game, or they wouldn't be at school. But um, but no, hundred percent. It's it strikes me as something that's a very. I'm sure they're all logistic. I'm sure they're logistical challenges. But but once they're there, it's yeah. I, they seem like they had a great time. I, mean, I didn't meet them, but you only had to hear them to to hope they had a really good time. And 
hope at the very least they go back with the same school next year. And you know, in the best case, you know, I guess in the, in the ideal world, they they love it and they go back with their families. And but yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, as a you, you know, if it happens once, they never go again. It's sort of for show, isn't it? But if but that kind of thing should happen a lot more at every ground. I'm sure, I've, and I think a lot of clubs do it. it I don't think that was a one-off Middlesex. I, I keep reminded, I've got to tell you this, I can, and you, well, you'll not kill me for telling it, Sean Udall, but I remember I remember when Sean Udall came into the England side in 2005 to India as a 40-year-old, I had to tell him that one of my early rem- remembrance of Sean Udall was on a school trip, under, under 12's school <laughs> trip to Cheltenham. It was a Northumberland Cricket School's tour to Cheltenham. In Hampshire were playing Hampshire were playing uh, obviously Gloucester and I think Malcolm Marshall broke well, it might, might not be Malcolm Marshall one of the West Indians broke Bill Athey's arm and Courtney Walsh broke Sean Udall's arm and remember walking by the players pavilion and there's Sean Udall with it, just with a strap you know, a, a cast on his wrist like that and, and I had to tell him that I remember that from being a 12 year old as he got picked into the England squad as a teammate so and the memories like that, the go with kids, the stick with your, your kids stick with it. And if they get better, they get better. And some of them kids, I would say 10% of them, of them children will play cricket at a certain level throughout the rest of their lives. And they remember seeing a Freedy Bowl. They remember chanting you know, names of, of, of a few of the Middlesex cricketers. And they'll remember that for the rest of their lives because that's probably the first in, introduction into cricket, which is fantastic. So it has to happen throughout the counties if possible. And if the ECB you know, can help fund you know, buses to get them there, I think they'll benefit. The ECB will benefit in the long run. Nick, what are the moments <laughs> of the week? I love runs in a losing cause. I've always just, um, and I think we're too, wow. we're too good. Get as him a, a t-shirt. Speaking, speaking as the as the club cricketer I am, if you can sit down at the end and wonder what your teammates been doing all day, um, no, um, there were two great examples with it. I mean, Ed, Ed Bernard's, uh, I think it was 160 odd not out in the second innings. April specialist, he never scored a first class time until last April. Felt like that was the thing that was sort of holding him back in terms of people believe, you know, whether people consider him a proper rounder or not. Got a ton of wet Essex, I think. Got another one shortly after. And I think his average of the last year has been exponentially bigger than, than, than any time in the past. 160 odd against a, D, a very good knots attack. I think it was a funny one, that wasn't it? Everyone, went, everyone was focusing on that game to see how Stuart Broad went in his first outing. And then Dane Patton took eight for. Yeah, and, eight for. And then, but Broad got, what did he get? 45 or 20 odd. But, um, but no, Ed Bernard, then I was at, yeah, I was at Lords to watch Ben Mike, who had a really strange game because he didn't come on to bowl until the 98th over. And, Middlesex were already well past Leicester's first innings, which was, I think, well below par on a pitch that actually was pretty fine, I think. I mean, I think Middlesex bowled very well and have got a very, very, very good attack, as we touched on last week. But um, Ben Mike came on, and it was interesting because the ECB had their speed guns in place at Lords for the second, third and fourth day. And Mike came on, and there's always been chat that he's, you know, that he's, that he's fairly brisk, and he was he was clocked at 85 a fair a fair bit of the day. He's, 20, he's only 23, he's had a fair few stress fractures in his youth, Bats at seven, um, came on to at four fifteen, bounced out to every Rowland Jones, uh, cleaned up Luke Holm with a big with a with big Yorker, two couple of guys nicked off to slip, and then he came out to about the next day about hundred for five and whacked a runner ball ninety nine not out, and unfortunately he was left high and dry because Buren Hendricks at the other end left a straight one, so he yeah ninety nine unbeaten didn't get the chance to get his hundred because the guy at the other end didn't even play a shot, but um, but and then yeah and then lost the game by ten wickets so. You know, in my little world of <laughs> runs and losing calls, that sounds like a pretty decent outing. <laughs> that is that is terrific. 
But no, he's a good, he's, he's a good cricketer. I mean, there's some chat after from Paul Nixon who said that they'd sort of challenge him with his attitude and you know to try and produce this more often. And I think he had missed himself that I, I think he'd have liked to bowl for the 98th over certainly, but I think there's perhaps been a perception that he doesn't you know doesn't always run up and take four or fifteen. He can go fours and fives and spray it a bit, which I guess if you don't have many runs on the board is is a, is a bit of a problem. But um, but he takes wickets and he was really impressive. Well, that's one to watch out for. You know Paul Nixon well, uh, Harmy. I'm sure. To challenge someone's attitude, how would you imagine Paul Nixon would go about doing that? To be fair, you'd have to question if somebody's got a, a poor attitude around Paul Nixon because Paul Nixon's one of the most infectious person I have ever met. He's one of the most enthusiastic blokes that I've ever met. Can be full on, I must admit. That said, with the utmost respect and because he wants his team to do well, he wants his players to do well. And if somebody's got a poor attitude, I'd, I'd question the individual because... Paul Nixon will help you be the best person you possibly can in every way, shape or form because that's that's all Paul Nixon knows. He really does. I think he'd be a, he's going to be a fantastic coach for a number of years to come. But his enthusiasm for the game, if you struggle with that in that dressing room, then I think you need to have a look at yourself in the mirror because Nico will, he will always be there to, to help. And that's why I, I would love Leicester to do well because of the way Paul Nixon's outlook in life is towards helping people become better. And I think Leicester have got better under Paul Nixon and I think the world strive to be better. And four for 15 and 99s, tell you what, if you can get his if he has got a poor attitude and you can get that right, you know, the boy might have a future, a decent future uh, further up the... Uh... Well, I think it was more about knowing that he can do that, if you know what I mean, than, than anything else, rather than, mm. yeah, any particular, any, you know, tangible fault. Is yeah, sometimes, it? yeah, sometimes it's a belief it's sometimes it's a belief. Yeah, you've you've got so much in your locker. Yeah, you've got so much. But if sometimes, and this is the thing that really annoys me about some of the stuff that you you see in sort of with, with county cricket, and then goes above end from county cricket. We pick people on potential. I oh, can potentially do this, potentially do that. Picking players who haven't got first class too many first class hundreds. Picking players who don't have too many fivers. The only way you can learn how this great game is played is by experiences in the game. And maybe it is something that the belief that, you know, the young man didn't believe that he could he could get 99 off 105 balls or he could get four for 15. But now he has. Let's watch the space on that one because he, if he has got the, he had a lot of talent, then I'm, I'm pretty sure that this little week of, of experience in the game of cricket Stand him in good stead. The next time he gets two foot or three foot, and then he can go through the the, you know, the back end of the tail, or he can get over the line to get that hundred. So watch the space on him because you know if he if he he, he has gone through the experience, he, it, it'll certainly stand him in good stead because there's no better feeling than contributing for your team. I think I think there's something interesting about um I'm, this is just a thought on my head, but I think having these. The speed, the speed guns at a few of the grounds the next few weeks is quite an interesting thing because I don't know how often guys are accurately clocked. I don't know how, I don't know how yeah. accurate, I don't know how quick guys know they are. But I think if guys come away from games, you know, there was that Jamie Overton story last week, wasn't it? He was clicked, he was clocked at ninety at the over. I think if, um, I think it'll be interesting to see how players because it may, you may well see players sort of confidence levels. I mean, Army Ollie far more about this than me, but confidence levels go through the roof if they realise actually they're, you know, they're bowling eighty six rather than 82 or whatever they thought you know if you I think if you feel like you've, if you're clocked at a decent pace given what's going on in cricket at the moment it can only 
leaving a pretty decent spot sort of going into the next you know year or two with with the way the bowling stocks are and I guess the spots that will eventually open up with retirements and stuff like that just a quick point on that I also think with that as a bowler you can't you can't go through the motions Mm, you can't hide Mm, you have to be best you possibly can that's gonna that's gonna elevate the the level of performance because you know gone are the days of right you've got four overs or five overs after tea when it's a bit cold there's not much happening you go through the motions and I'm not saying everybody does that I'm saying there's there there has been a, a question mark of whether county cricket stands still for a little bit does it meander does it I'm mentioning his name again, Peterson, mediocrity, when it comes to, well, if you've got all the stats and all the, the gadgets and toys that are close to what the international is, you know somebody bowls at 85 mile an hour. The minute he drops it, then you start working with that individual to think, well, can you get to a full day's playoff bowling at 85 mile an hour? But from the bowler's point of view as well, you can also, you can also feel it where you go and have your two good spells and the before lunch and after lunch, and then you get to tea time, and yeah, you, you have that spell. And if if the information's telling you that you've dropped off, then you look at yourself and think, right, I've got to make a conscious effort of being bang on it after tea. You know, you might go at four or five and over, but at least you're going at the information's there for you as a as an individual, you know, as the as a cricketer to to make yourself better, which I think can only help the level of performance and the and the level of quality yeah. in county cricket. Mm. Quickly, quickly, a great week for ducks. I thought a great week for ducks. We had Kyle Abbott, oh, Kyle Abbott, I thought four in you. a row. Nathan and Nathan Gilchrist, Nathan Gilchrist, six in a row, three consecutive pairs, which is, which is a great effort, I think. Ooh, but that's he's, uh, that's Ajit, he's, that's he's, Agarka territory. He's equal. He's equaled the world record. He's equaled the world record, and he's got. I would. I think. I don't want to jinx him, but they're at home. I think his next game is home at Beckenham. Beckenham. He's a motorway, oh. so he's every chance of a run. But um, I think that's four pairs in eight games, which is an extra. It's an extraordinary achievement, um, <laughs> if for want of a better word. Um, I don't know how they, I don't know how that happens, but I'm sure there are a couple of poor decisions in there. But um, there was one other duck which I saw scoring a duck in a thousand run game, and I thought of you when it happened, Nick. That's that's that was unfortunate because it was what. Because what were they? What did, what did Harris and Dent put on for the first wicket? About 200... Oh, 250-odd. Well, I felt sorry for Dent as well, because he ended 200... I mean, Dent, he finished just short of his... I think there was... Well, Miles Hammond was 75 not out going to that final day, and Dent was 50 short of his personal best. And then it rained all day, on a day when, presumably, no one had anything to gain apart from those two. So, I think for... And Jordan Jordan Clark in that game broke... I think he broke Surrey's all-time record. And he was... That's the highest score by Surrey number nine, and the highest... Ninth wicket partnership in the club's uh, eighth wicket partnership, eighth wicket partnership in the club's history as well, with Jamie Smith. So, um, not a game for bowlers, and not a game if you're the one bloke back in three who gets naught. That is, that is for sure. we're, we're talking about James Bracey, James Bracey by the way, for those who aren't, aren't aware. And a few weeks ago, after he'd scored his second century of the season, <laughs> Harmy said, "Come back to me when he scores a century against an attack against Lancashire or, or Surrey." And since then, he's hit three single-figure scores. So, Harmy, you're to blame. Uh, we've got a dash. So we've got it. Because James Bracey actually is in Race to Lords, and that's what's now. Race to Lords. OK, Race to Lords. Now, guys, I'm going to need your help here because we're getting to the stage of the season where a couple of the people that were in the Race to Lords might be dropping out. Rory Burns and Dominic Sibley have not had a particularly good start. Zach Crawley as well. Is his position under threat? Probably not. 
but um, we might need to get some new new names in there. Let's uh, let's start with uh, with Burns. He uh, was out for a single figure score. He made six against Gloucestershire. Ollie Pope. Interesting that Stokes has said he's going to bat at six. So we need a four and a five. England need a four and a five. Pope weighed in with another eighty odd. Folks didn't play. He picked up an injury, um, so didn't play. And Sam Curran didn't bowl, but hit sixty four. Uh, Sam Robson, he's in dispatches. We might have to just drop Sam Robson. Uh, are we? He hit sixteen and twenty two not out against Leicestershire. Alex Lee, who was on the Cricket Collective with Harmy on Talksport Two, the following on podcast. Uh, another century missed a couple of games with an injury, but second inning century against Sussex. James Bracey, that duck against Surrey. Um, well, that must be painful. That was about what? How many centurions? Were, there were three double centurions, weren't there? Either way, he got a duck. Don Bess. I mean, are we going to have to start dropping Don Bess from... I'm going to he let got him runs. Go Don Bess got 90-odd, didn't he? He did. <laughs> he got 89. He got it for. 80. He did score 89. Without being, without being um, facetious, I think the issue with race laws at the moment is that as much as England have had, a, you know, as much as Key's in and Stokes is in, there's still no coach, there's still no selector. So, so ultimately, um, we, are, we are speaking look, for a point of we, complete speculation. <laughs> Do you understand how talk radio works? <laughs> but it would be fascinating because I guess we still, you know, I guess it will be on. But at a serious point, I think it, you know who de- who decides where who decides where Root bats. Is that still a Joe Root decision now? He's not captain, or, or is that a no. is that a new head coach? And is that Ben well, Stokes? And... It's very very interesting. I found it very interesting last year, or was it the year before, when Ben Stokes captained England for that one game against West Indies, which England promptly lost. He, and he dropped Stuart Broad, right? He was a, he did have a say in selection because um, it was uh, the role... It, yeah. well, he was a captain. Um, and I think, and I don't know, it was asked to Rob Key. They haven't decided yet. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the captain was back on the selection panel. Stokes brought in Mark Wood for that test match ahead of Stuart Broad. Didn't work out, but he, he backed his man. And I think that's the kind of character Ben Stokes is. I think Ben Stokes will back back his... He will have an idea, having shared a dressing room with all of these guys, he will have an idea of who his men are. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are a cha- if there is a change or two from from the, the team that, that toured West Indies. And we don't know, because as you say, there is no selection panel, there's no head coach. But Ben Stokes, we know, will want to make his own decisions and we know he'll have an opinion. So... Um, and, the, and, a, and an opinion on a one player, I want to throw you away. Because say Root does go back to four, there is, a, there is a number three in there, in Darwin Milan, who did have a decent record at three. And he has scored a lot of runs, scored 152 against Kent. He's third in the run scorers in the, in the Division One, I think. 395 runs at 79. And if you are talking about an England team that's going to go back to basics... And he's going to say, who is the best team to win now? I think that Milan in at three, route back to his favourite position. We know he want, he, We know that he wants to bat at four. Statistically, he's better at four. Stokes at six. And then you have a Pope or a whoever at five. Bairstow at... Or you have Bairstow at five. And then folks at seven. I, I, if you're going back to basics and say, let's just pick our best team, that is a stronger team as I think that, you, that anybody else can put forward right now. Yeah, I've got no problem with with Milan. I, I went, I, the experiment to sort of go to the West Indies 
go at three. I I still think he solves more problems batting at three. Will he score more or less runs? I think he'll score the same runs at three than he will at four. I think he's just a world-class player. I think it's easier to bat four and bat five to integrate somebody into their group, which would be, you know, when you say integrate, I'm not looking long-term. I'm thinking where it's easier to bat for somebody else that's not Joe Root. And that, if it is Pope, Pope bats four and Brooke bats five. That means Besto has to keep wicket. It's Besto has to play. Even though he's having a shocker in the IPL, he has to play. Because he... he, We don't... We don't need to talk about the IPL harmony. Yeah, no. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't it's a good, which is a good. I like Johnny's going to hope the selectors isn't watching it because if, <laughs> if they are, if they are, just, no Butler comes, just Butler comes back in and Johnny Bairstow doesn't play. Um, <laughs> but that's not what we're picking the group on. The batting is for me. I think is quite straightforward and, and quite quite simple. Yeah, I, I agree. Lees and Crawley will open a batting. You've got to stick to Alex Lees. I thought the only thing he didn't do in the West Indies was get that score. He looked defensively quite solid. Yes, you might think, right, he's he's limited in shots. But the guy can bat over 100 and odd balls at each innings. If he does that, he gives you a start. And England need to get off the good starts to give themselves the best chance possible. I think I'd, I'd also say, I'd also say on, I'd chuck in on Lee's quickly as well, that I think people who watch him for the first time in the Caribbean will think he's limited and at, at times a bit shotless. But he's actually got a very good list A record as well. Like he can, you know, he's got a game. He... I do wonder sometimes whether it's sort of part of the that sort of poison chalice of opening the batting for England is that you come in you're sort of so scared of what it will look like if you're caught flashing a wide one that guys do go into their shell a bit and you also know you're not you know you know you're not going to get many opportunities in the you know England have been through so many guys you know since since Strauss haven't they that you know you're not going to get your 15 20 games to to feel at home so actually if it means you are extra circumspect you know I do think it's certainly at the start you know he looked. Um, as Simon says, I think the one thing he didn't do is go on and get the score. He probably certainly the Grenada that he probably deserved. But actually, the one thing he's done that certainly Zach Crawley's not done since then is come back here and get two big tons. I think it was, was, it, was it a career best he got at or his high school for Durham certainly. At, um, I think it was I think it was Glamorgan, wasn't it? And the, the other names, the only other name I'd throw in there at number three, and I know we've been there, but James Vince remains. James Vince has played nine for your test in Milan. Milan's got a pretty pretty mediocre record in England is a few years older Vince is all I've seen I've seen Vince get a very good time this season albeit on a pretty good deck at Canterbury um, and I think if you speak to a lot of players they'll all say the best player they play against or see is James Vince yeah. and, and I we, think we hear also consistently think, don't we yeah and I do think what I do find slightly unfair with Vince sometimes is the way that people talk about him you would think he'd played 40 tests and failed he's played 13 across two stints and it just so happens that five of those tests came in national series, where there are more rise than anything else, so it gets magnified. So if you take and you can't take the Ashes series away, but point being, it's still a fairly small sample size, given the way we mm. talk about. If you go back to that seventeen eighteen series, Milan had a better series than Vince, but actually Vince was run out for eighty odd at Brisbane, and Milan made a hundred at Perth. You do sometimes wonder if that's sort of the sliding doors moment, don't you? So if Vince gets a ton at Brisbane, he he locks himself in for thirty tests. You know, there was yeah. he got fifty odd at. He got Nick, 15, I get that. But I, I also look, having played and seen what the jump from first class cricket to test match cricket, mm-hmm. it's only been it's one example this one week. But James Vince come off the back of a hundred on a good deck. Yeah. And I always say, I always say, I'll judge people when they play against good bowlers under pressure. 
James Vince that's played against true. a 40-year-old this week, the best that's ever played the game. Got match twice. Yeah. Jimmy Anderson yeah. bowled in a test match where, which would be, because I've seen some of the footage of it, Jimmy Anderson bowled one side of the wicket and created pressure. What they do in mm. test match cricket, they basically created pressure. Bowling dot ball after dot ball after dot ball in a good area, putting pressure on the batsman. This is where English cricket, and it's not just James Vince, it's a lot of, our, a lot of players that have had a go at England. Jimmy Anderson's the master at it. Jimmy Anderson got him yeah. out twice for not very many in a, in a fashion which he's been out in test match cricket like that. So it's not a knock to knock out James Vince. I'm, don't, don't want to, I feel awful having a go like that. But this is what I'm saying. Across the board, interna- players that have come into international cricket who haven't survived and gone back because they've had either mental or technical frailties, judge them mm-hmm. when they play against somebody. And I tell you one thing that are really good this first seven games, there's some excellent international bowlers out there now. And I think the players that score runs against top, top bowlers, they're the ones that I'd be saying. And I just watched that in the two innings that Vince had against Anderson and thought, when everybody goes about, he should have been the New England captain. Everybody goes about James Vince. Yeah, I didn't say that. Great, I, didn't, I saw I didn't say great, that. <laughs> great county cricketer, but I can see why he's had problems in international cricket. Yeah. Jimmy Anderson exposed them in his first game back. And I he think that's 37 hours for six, isn't it? I'd be looking at the other okay. one, the other one that Langs actually plays with Jimmy is Josh Bohannon. Is worth shout because like a lot of people yeah. think he'll play for England before the year's out. Absolutely, as well. uh, guys, we're uh, we're racing time as per usual. Let's just wrap through. You mentioned Josh Bohannon; he hit thirty-three against Hampshire. You mentioned James Anderson, Harmy three for twenty-four and three for thirty-six uh, against the same team. James Vinch's Hampshire; he scored two. Uh, I think it was caught either caught behind or caught in the slips for two, and then LBW for thirty-two against Jimmy Anderson. Dom Sibley, Warwickshire having a bit of a, 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 a bit of a shocking start. Twelve and two for Sibley. Zach Crawley, uh, we may mention of him, four and five against uh, Yorkshire. Uh, Matt Parkinson didn't play, somewhat disappointingly. <laughs> Talked to Matt Jack Leach, last week. What, <laughs> uh, no, no, sorry, we won't mention you again, Matt. Jack Leach, uh, one for thirty-two and two for thirty-five, scored some runs as well. Talking about players who had a chance for England and didn't get that many games, and they had to play an Ashes series. Adam Lythe, who he hasn't got off to a good start. He hit seven. Who am I missing? Oh, Craig Overton, top of the uh, wicket-taking. 20 wickets at 14 so far. Two for 12 and two for 41. He was another of the Duck squad. Um, and Saqib Mahmood did not play, nor did Dan Lawrence. Is he injured? Or yeah, is he Dan Lawrence just rested. No, Lawrence, got hams- Lawrence got a hamstring injury. There we go. So that's uh, your race to Lords. We might bring in... We're going to bring in... Because Harry Brook... Didn't Harry Brook score? Uh, he hit... A big century. 194, yeah. 190. We'll get, we'll get Harry Brook in next week and there might be a couple of these names that start disappearing. Okay, let's go to the mailbag. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. 
If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. The Mailbag. Okay, this is the mailbag. We're going to uh, zip through a couple of your questions because we are fighting time. Um, let's have a look at some of the questions. So people are getting involved at the Cricketer Mag on Twitter. Fulham John, Harmy611. Um, you'll have to remind me what your Twitter <laughs> is, uh, Nick. Uh, Nick Friend, Nick Nick friend, friend one. one. There you go. Really Nick creative. Friend One. They can't be. Uh, they can't be two of them. Um, let's let's have a look at some of the questions. I say, and I really should have got this ready. Ah, any future leaders, captains emerging from the early stages of the county season worth keeping up? That's a very good question. Aria um, gets, in, gets in touch on Twitter. Any future leaders of England coming through? That's a very good question. The, the biggest thing England can do, Ben Stokes can do, is start winning from home. If England win home test matches, it means batsmen are scoring runs. And if batsmen score runs, natural leaders will come out of that. You know, Joe Root wasn't a natural-born leader. Neither was Sir Alistair Cook. Andrew, Sir Andrew Strauss was a natural-born leader. Michael Vaughan was a natural-born leader. Michael Vaughan was the best player in the team. That's why he took over from Nasser Hussein. So what do you have to do? Well, you have to do a progression. You have to win. England need to get back to winning at home. If they win at home, a leader will come out of the pack. Aritra says uh, Pujara is surely not finished now. He's been brilliant so far. Is it a little bit of a push to think that he might get a recall to the India side? Although saying that, India do play one test in England this summer, don't they? So you never know. Do you think there's any chance that uh, Pujara's county cricket form could see him uh, back in the India side? I don't necessarily think he'd get back in on the back of, you know, on the base. I I don't think someone like Pujara, I think he's at the stage of his career, you'd like to think he's got nothing to prove I mean you know runs in county cricket are great and will help you know and great you know Sussex will be chuffed because they needed someone to come in and score a bucket load of runs and he's obviously doing that for them but I you'd like to th- I, you'd like to think he's not finished you'd like to think he'd get another go but I don't think he'd get another go because he scored runs for Sussex if that makes sense I think he's he's just a very good player isn't he he's, he's been a very good player for a decade and more he's had a pretty two two pretty poor years by his standards in test cricket And but no look, I mean am I, I, I surprised that Pujara scored a bucket load of runs for Sussex on the pitches that have been played on so far. No, he's just he's just <laughs> good, isn't he? He's he's been a world class player for a very long time, and and but genuinely, Sussex did need. You know, Sussex struggled. Let's not listen to criticise Travis Head, but they had a very young side last year, and they put a lot of onus on their overseas players scoring a load of runs, and he didn't, and they didn't win any games, and they struggled, and they've still not won one this year. But you know, the reason they will be competitive the reason they're competitive is because they've got someone sort of an overseas linchpin who's going to who's averaging what he's averaging 100 plus isn't he at the moment so 
that's what you that's what you want when you bring your overseas player in. Rizwan's not actually done it yet, but I'm sure he will. Um, but that's the difference I think between this year and last year so far for Sussex that they've got an overseas player churning out double tons. Sorry, the well, thing with Pajara for me is India have got so many good players, and I think hmm. the age that Pajara's at, I think the ship sailed for him. The only way it's not any disrespect to him or Sam Billings, the only way he plays for India again. If they have a shocker of the day, the day before the game and he's the only one within 300 miles of Edgebaston that he can, that he qualifies to go and play. I no, think he's, no. he's racing. It happens when England tour Australia, whoever is there. Look at Sam, yeah, look at Sam Belling. So we shall see. Anyway, uh, that was a mailbag. Get your questions into us and we'll, uh, we'll answer some more next week. Uh, but it's time to uh, just take a look at uh, this week's uh, county championship fixtures in county preview. Match of the week. Okay, unless I've got my maths wrong, seven fixtures uh, taking place starting today, Thursday to Sunday. And uh, Division 1 Surrey against North Ants, Lancashire against Warwickshire, Hampshire against Gloucestershire, and Essex against uh, Yorkshire. Off the, off the back of those, which one stands out for you, Nick? Oh, a repeat of the, the great Bob Willis trophy final for a, a game best forgotten by all, I think. Um, Lanks, Warwickshire, um, obviously top two sides of the country last year. It was a very bad game of cricket at Lords. I think I think that was the general view shared by all. Um, I think Lanks was well for six at one point, which wasn't ideal. Um, but it still went into but um, but Warwickshire got big runs and won and were the best team in the country. And as you said, I haven't had the same sort of start this season. But um, uh, they they are a very good team. And as George said about Essex and Somerset, I think the last couple of weeks will be will be absolutely fine. We'll, uh, I, I suspect still be challenging in, in the season. That's at the Alex Davis derby now, isn't it? So he'll want to run to the top of the order. Um, Essex Yorkshire looks a very good game, but um, no, Lanks Warwickshire for me looks looks like the game the game to be at, especially if Jimmy's playing. And then obviously Chris Wokes might be involved in Warwickshire as well. So you've got um, a lot of very good creatures on the show. Hopefully Sakib's back involved. I'm almost certain Matt Parkinson will be back involved. Yeah, looks a looks a pretty good day, good game of cricket that to me. Uh, Hampshire Gloucestershire I mean Gloucestershire haven't won a game I don't think this season they've scored some runs mm. um, Hampshire have been a bit off the boil, boil they're a bit hit or miss aren't they uh, they would have been would have been a really interesting game against Lancashire if the rain hadn't affected day four last weekend but for a team that had been heavily tipped for the title <laughs> not least not, on here not, they're not, <laughs> no they're not they're not uh, sharpen they're up not, they're not, yeah they're not showing it at the moment are they Harmy no, they're not. Um, like I said, it's hit or miss. They've, they've had a few good scores, a few bad scores. Um, it would have been, you're right, I think it would have been nice to see if they could have you know, forced a result in the, the game against against Lancashire. Again, they've got some good players, but like I said, right at the very top, when you talk about on paper, who are the best players in each of the sides, I think the Hampshire's up at the, up at the top at the minute. Surrey up at the top, rightly so. Um, they both play against sides who aren't playing you know, the, the best cricket. They're languishing in the sort of bottom half of, of Division 1. So Surrey and Hampshire will be fancying themselves to, to extend the run at the top of the table. Interesting to see how Yorkshire goes at Essex. I imagine that'll be a, a decent surface down there. Anthony McGrath against his old side. Um, but I'm with Nick. I think that the game of the week is potentially... The so-called leader of the attack in the Caribbean to the best ever leader of the attack that's ever played the game in Anderson. 
uh, Wilkes against Anderson at, um, at Old Trafford. And it's got to be the return of Matt Parkinson because I was in disbelief when he didn't play last week. Well, um, absolutely. I mean, I wonder if that Jimmy, after playing two matches, um, will make way and Saqib comes back. We shall have to see. Division 2, Glamorgan against Leicestershire. Uh, I wonder if Stephen Finn, who didn't bowl for Sussex uh, last time out, will play against his old county Middlesex at Hove. I think it's at Hove. It's, the, it's Sussex or at home. And uh, Worcestershire against Durham. Durham again. It, the sooner that uh, Matt Potts has got... Uh, is it Brian Cast coming back? I know that... I think he played for the seconds, Harmy. But it does look like Durham are too reliant on, on young Matt Potts um, in terms of the bowling. Yeah, Potts has bowled nicely. He's bowled really well. Um, we had a, a good exchange between him and Alex Lees on the Critic Collective when Potts was trying to say, well, a, a young, inexperienced, um, not used to the media, one game at a time, using a few cliches where Alex Lees just completely <laughs> rinsed him and said, no, you are thinking about playing for England. Uh, which I thought was a lovely exchange between two guys who are, are lovely, two really, really nice guys, grounded guys from Durham who have done well so far. One's in the England setup. I think one will get into the England setup, probably white ball before red ball in Matt Potts. Um, but Brandon Carsters, Brandon Carsters played second team game and he got runs. He got a lot of runs. He got big 100, 130, I think, um, over the last few days. Um, and he's just, progressing his rehab when it comes to the bowling and I think when he get him back as well as the England captain comes back into the fold before the first test then Durham are going to have a, a very very good side that's a that's a powerful middle order in the second division where you've um, you've got Keegan Peterson you've got Scott Borthwick David Beddingham and obviously Ben Stokes with Alex Lees at the top um, that's a that's a, a formidable unit so one thing I will say on on the county stuff that's happening, um, the pitches have been good, really good. So we got to credit the ground staff, and hopefully that will carry on when when the challenge of a lot more games in, in short spaces of time, and the wickets have been ready for fast bowlers or spin bowlers, and nothing against the likes of Chris Westworth or Darren Stevens or anybody like that. It has been bowlers of of pace who have had to bend their back and do the job for their team. And that ultimately will make English cricket better. It's got to. And Matt Potts is definitely going to be one in that. And hopefully another good surface down at Worcester for Durham. It's essentially on that, I dare say, I don't have the stats probably, I could be wrong, but for the leading wicket-taker in the Cal Championship to have 20 wickets at the end of April, is feels like it must be significantly down on recent years. Um, which, and, and different names, as Army says, I mean, it probably speaks to how Bats were friendly, but also how yeah, bats were friendly the pitches. But also how much those the leading bowlers. I mean, the ones I've been most impressed with have been the guys of you know the guys I've seen have been Tom Helm, certainly the English guys, Tom Helm, Jamie Overton, uh, Craig Overton. The guys who, as you said, have had to who who I guess are you know six foot five and have found the extra bounce to found a bit of extra pace and that kind of thing. So it's uh, I think when we look back at the end of the season, it will certainly be the bit of the start of the year that we that we. That, that stays in the memory I think the way that the draws the runs I think there have been 70 plus hundreds haven't there which I think is um, which is enormous the the average first inning score is up on uh, is up massively I think on last year already I mean at the moment at least uh, so it may well change as pitch change and conditions change and stuff like that and, and there's, there's a lot of games to prepare for but, um, but it's, yeah it's been the most interesting part hasn't it of this first month sort of how differently things have played out so perhaps they have in 
the past, albeit April has always, in recent years, been a pretty good time to bat. Okay, that's the uh, county preview. Uh, we're going to finish the show up as we do every week with One to Watch. One to Watch. Okay, so no George this week, but I can tell you that Mason Crane, who is his player uh, to watch, uh, did take some wickets, two for 28 and two for 110 against Durham, but not playing uh, for Hampshire, playing for Sussex. He's moved there on a month loan. Uh, My guy, Dustin Melton, did not play. Don't think he's playing for the seconds either. Um, We've made mention, Harmy, of Matt Potts. He weighed in with another couple, two for 75 against Sussex. And what about you, Nick? Ed Pollock, he did join the Duck Club again. But thir- 31 in first innings. Yeah, rather ball 30. Um, took on took on a Notts' new ball, new ball pair. And there was one of Dane Patton's eight, I think, wasn't it? Uh, so, yeah, you know, not not the worst of, the, of not the worst week of the four of us, but um, but he'd have, he'd have liked more. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. OK, so where are you going to be, Nick? What, ga- what game are you going to be attending or what games will you be attending? Potentially at Hove for Sussex Middlesex or the Oval for Surrey North Ends. That is... Slightly TBC, depending on some things. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, take a photo, OK? Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's see a photo. Uh, Harmy, what I are you am. going to be doing? How, did Charlie play this week? How did he get on? Yeah, he'd be playing a game which they contrived to be losing, then winning comfortably, and then threw it away at the end. He didn't have one of his best days. He bowled his five overs. He got managed to run himself out after hitting it straight to extra cover in the air, watching it loop up drop catch and then not look at his partner and still be standing right next to him 22 yards away um, and then he ends up getting run out. so it was a proper village cricket way to go it was freezing cold again it rained for the majority of the day uh, fingers crossed Bedlington against Seton Burn second team on Saturday and Bedlington will be uh, will be a lot better and fingers crossed it will be a lot warmer brilliant stuff okay well Nick Harmy, thanks for your time this week. George DeBell will be back uh, with us uh, next week um, uh, and every week throughout the county season. Looking back and looking forward at all the county championship cricket. But thanks for listening or watching Following On County Cricketer. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening. And if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at cricket underscore ts and uh, either i or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience also please take the time to leave a review and if you're already a subscriber then tell your mates to do the same and if you want more content from the likes of steve harmson then head over to his youtube channel and tell him i sent you thanks for listening to following on The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.com. 
www.sbs.org.au forward slash cricket today.